Welcome back to the show. This is uh, going to be a little weird start because we've already pre-recorded this episode. Who is it? Who's our guest this week? Oh, it's Luca. That's right. This is the Luca episode. We re- pre-record our stuff, so like next week's episode has already been recorded. So just to let you know, which is inside the Blue Line Report. But this is going to be before the Luca episode. Yeah, Luca from Bar Down. Super cool. You knew that already because you clicked on this episode. Uh, so welcome. Thanks for showing up. If you're a Luca fan, what's up? Uh, but before we get to that, some stuff has happened because we recorded that the Monday night and then kind of some stuff kind of happened uh, this week with the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers, um, Tom Wilson. So we're not going to go over and explain it because if you listen to any new podcast, I guarantee you already know what happened. So I just want to get into our opinions quick before this episode, just so we could give our little opinion and then we'll get you to, to the Luca episode. But uh, Owen, do you want to give your opinions on the, um, on the whole scenario first? Yeah, I think it's, it's like hockey's meant to be rough. I, I think when you see the, when you see the hit, like it's not, it's not the greatest. It's not the worst. Then when he's on the ground, he, the sucker punch, that's that's what caused me a bit of problem. Like Panarin, he he jumped on Tom Wilson's back. So I don't think there should be any suspension or fine for that. Wilson was just that was self-defense. The sucker punch in the head, there's the fine. I don't see any other problem with what what happened until the Rangers came out and posted like, oh, George Peros shouldn't be shouldn't be the NHL's safety commissioner shouldn't be doing this job he's unfit for the role they get fined two hundred fifty thousand by the league fire their gm and president and then then the next then um last night the game another game and then what was there 100 penalty minutes in the first period 100 penalties in the first minute yeah so that 100 penalties sorry no 100 penalty minutes in the first period not in the yeah so that yeah that was I think I was a bit of an overreaction. I could see probably the Rangers calling up someone from their AHL who's like an absolute monster, an absolute monster just to fight Tom Wilson. But you know, the I think that was a bit of an overreacting reactment, but it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun highlight to watch, highlight reel. But I, I want to know what you think, Jack. Do you agree with me on the uh, sucker punch, warrants the fine, and then yeah, I, fun, I, I've a few days ago, like when I first saw it, I just saw the isolated clip where he just ragdolls Panarin, and I thought that should get warrant a three game suspension at least, just to take him to the end of the season, then kick him in game one. But I didn't see the full clip, so I didn't see him Panarin jumping on his back, and I think the fact that his helmet got knocked off is. Um, it's not Tom Wilson's fault, but if his head hits the ice, he's crushing his skull. Like he's facing severe damage that could potentially no. If he hits his head on the ice while Tom Wilson's ragdolling him, he's it's a concussion, a uh, severe concussion, probably more than a concussion, crack his skull, and uh, yeah, he's done for the rest of his life. That's the last time eleven million dollar man Artemi Panarin and Tom Wilson gets like kicked Tom out Wilson of the gets NHL. F- fine and that's what kicked out of the nhl basically yeah no he gets suspended for the whole playoffs he gets kicked out of the nhl basically. he gets todd bertuzzi like he gets todd bertuzzi exactly it's gonna so, be something like that but the fact that it's Panarin makes it makes it pretty bad makes it worse yeah uh but anyway i think 
just because his head didn't hit the ice doesn't mean doesn't shouldn't change anything. He he made a dirty play. He sucker punched the guy in the head. Then he took him down. Well, he took originally Gushinevich down to the ice. Sorry, I had my arm in front of my um, hand there, uh, mouth there. Sorry. He takes him down, Bushnevich, he takes him down, and he he sucker punches the guy in the head. And then he ragdolls Panarin, which could potentially, if his head hits that ice, he's cracking his skull, and he's done. Not for the season, not for two seasons, for the rest of his life. And Artemi Panarin, the Rangers are built on Panarin. The Rangers are built on that $11 million man. So I think... The fact that he didn't or did hit his head is irrelevant. I think he should be suspended for at least 10 games just because he's also Tom Wilson. This is not Mitch Marner doing this. This is not Cole Coffey. This is not Tim Stutzel doing this. This is Tom Wilson, 6'5", throwing a guy, 5'10". What? He's a repeat offender, too, which repeat maybe. Repeat offender. Sorry, I thought you said defender there. I'm like, no, he's not. Uh, no, he's a repeat offender. Yeah, exactly. He's had... Uh, so much he's all, all of his fines uh added up together like 1.75 million dollars in fines he could be 1.75 million dollars richer if he's he a could be player 1.75 million dollars richer hey i don't know about you but i take 1.75 million dollars to not punch someone in the head <laughs> like 30 times but, but I think the fact that he hit or didn't hit his head is irrelevant. I think it's kind of disgusting what he did, and I think he should be suspended. Um, I don't like what the Rangers did, though, in the message. I think the message is completely fine, the statement completely fine by the Rangers organization in Madison Square Garden until they mentioned George Peros. Calling out George Peros and saying that he is no longer fit to be um, acting um, – head of player and player safety just because they didn't get a call right for your team exactly is stupid um i think having him not be a not be in that message is just so crucial because um if you have it if you take his name out that statement you're probably still getting fined they got fined 250 uh today but like take out the george paros thing they get fined 100 round yeah exactly uh, take out the George Paris thing, they get fined a hundred grand. And I just think coming for a man's a sole man position is kind of despicable. And I think uh, Dola made the right move in firing GM. Oh, it's not related. It's a hundred percent related. There was no rumors whatsoever that the Rangers front office was going to be wiped out. They fired their president and GM in the same day. Like, it's so crazy to me that this, they come out and they completely lie. Oh, it had nothing to do. It had 100% something to do with it. So that's disgusting, just stupid, whatever. But they lied. I, I didn't expect them not to lie, so that's fine. Whatever. Um, and then last night, 100 penalty minutes, people are talking about how it's a despicable game. Game was freaking amazing. Did you watch the game? TJ Oshie scored a hat trick. The Game after his dad dies. Oh my God, what an emotional moment. There's a hundred penalty minutes in the first period. There's three fights in the first 10 seconds off the draw. There's two more fights in the first five minutes. So there's eight guys. There was eight guys in the penalty box at one moment. That That's awesome. That's so cool. 
Yeah. Now I don't want that every game, of course, but that's so cool. That is such a cool game. I mean, <laughs> it's just so like I would like if the Leafs were watching that, I w- I would have turned on the Rangers Capitals game and I expected oh there's gonna be a fight, Bushnevich or Strom or uh, Smith will probably try to drop the gloves with Wilson and that will be it. There was three fights right off the top. Like, amazing game. Capitals won. Yay. I, I don't have an opinion on who <laughs> or not. But congrats to the Rangers. Congrats to the Capitals. Congrats to that game. That is the game of the year. Game of the century. No, game of the century. Well, that gives a run. I would put that as a game of the century. Between- no. no, not at all. What game, what game do you put ahead of that game what has more action goals i could name storylines that are better than that name one name one the golden goal canada usa olympic nhl game that's (laughs) olympic stage come on now any game seven stanley cup final boston st louis was pretty was really entertaining actually watching that boston st louis have a hundred penalty minutes and a guy scoring a hat trick the day after the game after his dad passes away. Oh my God. That is amazing. That is so freaking amazing. Yeah. Like, this is the great, or at least the greatest regular season game since 2000. The year 2000, there hasn't been a better regular season game. The only thing that could rival that would be like David Ayers. And that's it. It's David Ayers and the Anomalies. Get over it. It was a bad game for my team, but it was a great game for the rest of the league, and it's a great story. I can admit that. I think David Ayers is such a cool story. But that's a topic for another day. Greatest game in the regular season since the year 2000. Try to change my mind. I won't. Like, you make a pretty good point for it. 100 penalty minutes. What I want to know is, like, what are your thoughts on the cross-check from Mantha to Butchnevich? I think See, I didn't. I I started was, stopped no, watching on Mantha. I kind of stopped watching. Not gonna lie, after like the second period, just because like I'm like, okay, it's done. They've petered out. But uh, yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet, so I can't give you my opinion. We'll probably talk about it next show when we have uh, an NHLer on a Toronto Maple Leaf on. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week, and I think we'll go into more depth. But this is just something I wanted to put out here. Just put it in front of the podcast. Uh, just so you could get our opinions pretty much live. So uh, before we before we leave, I need your opinion on this fighting in the NHL. Is it good or bad? Like I say, it's a part of the game. Fighting's fine. Yeah, the like long term effects of it are bad. One or two fights. Opinion on fighting? Like, do I have to tell you? I just told you that a game with a hundred penalty minutes is the greatest game since the year. Yeah, exactly. See? I think hockey. Fighting's a part of hockey, and now we're going to send you to our actual interview, our not um, kind of improv, uh, unplanned interview right here. Uh, So we'll be right back uh, with Luca Celebre from Bar Down. Hi, I'm Jack Bailey. Welcome back to the Blue Arm Report. So happy to have you back. Um, Today, we're going to be joined by a content creator from TSN and Bar Down, Luca Celebre. How are you doing? Jack, thanks for for having me. I'm really excited to be here and and chat with you today. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been a little bit of a while that we've been in contact, so I'm very, I've been very excited for this interview. Me too, me too. I'm, I've been very much looking forward to it and, and nailing down a date. I'm, I'm really happy we finally found some time to, and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, 
I want to ask you, how did you get your start in sports media? I love answering that question because I, I feel like my path um, to sports media might be one that maybe a lot of people, especially in high school, can relate to. Um, and I know you're 13, so um, you already have a podcast. You're in a much better position than I ever was um, at that age and even when I was coming out of high school. So what I did was um, I, I basically – at the end of my grade 12 year, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was passionate about sports. I was passionate about writing. Those were my two biggest passions. I didn't really have a care for anything else. Um, and so I was mulling my options. I was thinking about Carlton's journalism program. I heard really good things about it. But the other side of me was like, I want to play football for another year. I played football for all four years in high school. And um, I was I was pretty I was pretty good. I self self-admitted I, I don't want to toot my own horn but I I was a pretty talented player I was not big though not tall not bulky never worked out but I thought in my mind I could go back for a victory lap as we called them grade 13 whatever you want to call it and maybe get a football scholarship to Carlton because their football team was just coming back into existence and so I felt it would be a good opportunity to um, get a scholarship, play football at Carleton, whether it was like actually play or just be a walk on, whatever the case was, and do journalism. So I went back, played my football final year, and um, realized that there were specific sports media opportunities. Um, Sorry, just had to cut out there. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, have a little glitch. Sorry, do you mind repeating that um, last part? He has a son, young, and it's yeah, all good. Yeah, no, I no problem at all. I for anyone listening, I'm driving right now, so my service might not be great. But I had an uncle um, who has a deli at Young and St. Clair, and one of the most legendary broadcasters in. Um, in Canadian media, Jim Van Horn, um, he was one of the first anchors on TSN, and he was a professor at this cool at this school called the College of Sports Media. And he kind of told my uncle about it, and my uncle passed that along to me. And from there, I was just like, "Yeah, I love writing. I love sports. Let me apply for this school." And I got in, and um, lo and behold, the rest is kind of history. I interned at Bar Down between my first and second year, and um, my boss, Dave Cricks, hired me on after, and I was, uh, have been there ever since. And it's, it's been a really cool journey to get there. That's awesome. Have you, have you been surprised in how much growth Bardown has seen in the past, like couple of years? Absolutely. I have, I've been, been here for about six years now. And I tell everyone this when, whenever they just ask about Bardown, like, I think people have the perception that we've always been this big and it's like, no, we, we really haven't. Like when I first started, it was just writing articles and we never did video projects like this and never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined um, what we would become. And like in my heart, I always wanted to get to this point for sure. Like I, I thought we could get here. But I just, I never imagined it because it seemed so far away. Like our group, when I first got here, 
was a group of maybe like four or five people total. Now our department has more than like 20 people that do so many different roles. Like it's not just in front of the next department. We have people writing articles. We have people that edit so many different fun and unique things that our department does now that I couldn't have envisioned because it, it just didn't seem possible at the time um, with where we were at. But my boss, Dave, has kind of pushed for us to be here. He always had this vision in his mind that we would end up here. And it, it took maybe a little longer than he expected. But when we got here, it just blew up, I think, faster than anyone could have imagined. And um, very lucky to be in this position um, to, where, to where we've been able to get to. So cool. So a lot of people wonder, a lot of people see that just it's the quizzes or the video, the challenge videos, or just the stuff that put, they put out on the YouTube and the Instagram. But what does the average day look at look like at Bardown? Yeah, it, it changed. It, it's changed um, significantly because of the pandemic. And that's kind of changed how we do lot of things all day like fucking runs you all getting that way but i guess a typical day before i'll give you both i'll give you a typical day pre and post pandemic pre-pandemic typical day um it it changes really depending on what your role is at bar down so me as kind of this content creator um i'm always thinking of video ideas um i also edit the video ideas i kind of produce or i edit videos that other people may have on their plate that they want to get done and they're they're just not editors. So I, I have that background and I can do that, which is amazing. Um, I also book guests. Booking guests is a big part of my job specifically. And I think I'm one of the one of the few people that does it on our team, um, whether it be like the digital sports center guests, the, the sports center show on TSN's Instagram or for the videos we do, which is, um, we did a video recently with Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes. We did a tier list with him and that was through me reaching out to him. And so I, I do that a lot, which is unique from any other person on our team. So my day consists of doing that. I write articles still um, for bardown.com. I um, come up with graphic ideas that are engaging around certain events. So I know you're an NFL fan, um, some of the NFL content that we've kind of put up in the past week for the draft, I've kind of come up with that content plan and, and promoted it. So cool. we, we really are everything that is not only bar down social media and the bar down brand, but TSN social media as well. That is all us. Anything that we post that gets posted on TSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, that is all us taking care of that and curating that. And cool. So there's a lot of hats we're, we're all kind of wearing um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, I, I think I describe it to people as no day is the same in Bar Down. Like, even if you're editing the same project for a couple of days, like, still, no day is the same because there's always something that comes up. And um, it's, it's really cool that way. It keeps you on your toes and keeps things fresh and exciting. And the sports world isn't the same every day. So that makes it even more exciting. So at Bardown, you're known as the Office Avalanche fan. And I got to ask, how does a guy from Canada like the Avalanche? 
Yeah, it's it's a question a lot of people ask me when they figure out that I'm an Avalanche fan or obviously through the videos or my Instagram sees I'm an Avalanche fan. Um, it's really not like a crazy story. It's one of those things when I first started getting into hockey, it was the early 2000s and my cousin David, um, he's a Leafs fan, but his second team was always was always the Avalanche. And so he was always like, super excited to watch the abs play and the reason why was joe sack and so i sat down and watched the game with him one time and um he was explaining to me all the players and why the abs were so good and um i'll never forget him talking about joe sack and i was like okay that's that's my favorite player number 19 captain colorado avalanche like this is incredible and so i I was very lucky to like the Avs at the time I did. It was just yeah. after both of their Stanley Cup wins, but just like still had prime players. Like they had Sackett, they had Blake, they had Wad, they had um, they had Forsberg, they had Adam Foote, they had Timu Solani and Paul Correa one year. Like this was this was incredible. And not 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 until recently. Um, have have the Avs struggled like when I grew up watching them they were always really good and they always made the playoffs and so I've had a really hard time with them recently just being like I mean now is different the past few years they've been amazing but before then it was it was a struggle the past past four years prior to the, the last three that I have no made clue the how you feel as a Leafs fan I have no clue how you feel <laughs> struggling what is that we've made what is that, right? last five years like I don't know what that means struggling is that struggling right exactly <laughs> so that's how I became an Avs fan and I I know uh I know it's a weird it's a long-winded answer of saying I really just fell in love with Joe Sackett <laughs> but I really I really did love watching him every time I played road hockey or ice hockey I wanted to be Joe Sackett I wanted to score with that patent and wrist shot he had I wanted to use Easton hockey sticks because he used an Easton hockey stick wanted to wear number 19 I wanted to be a captain of my team I wanted to be a leader and so um I'm happy that I still get to cheer for him because he's the GM of our team and he's yeah. made all these amazing moves and he's built this team so um it's really cool I get to cheer him on now as well yeah that's awesome that's a fair answer like I know a lot of people <laughs> like when you say oh I like the Pittsburgh Penguins because they have Sidney Crosby yeah. a lot of people think that Oh, it's your bandwagon, but that's that's a fair answer. So I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you just didn't. Well, I like Joe Sackick. It's, it's a good answer. I'm not, not gonna lie, it's a good answer. Uh, Thank so, you. So, if you had any advice to give to someone like myself who's in high school right now and wants to become a person in sports media, what would you tell them? Tell them? Um, it's it's a a really good question, and I get asked it a lot by people. Um, not just your age, but um, people older, people coming out of high school, people entering university, just anyone really looking for advice. I always, the, the thing I always tell everyone, and I'm, I'm sure to tell everyone, um, the first thing I like to tell people is just never turn down any opportunity. Um, I think people want to look at this industry and like they see color commentators and sideline reporters and people on TV. And that's, that's the goal. And that's where they want to get to. And I understand why it's, it's really cool. It's, it's an incredible job, but 
I think to get there, it's a lot harder than people think. And people want to just sometimes come out of school and walk onto TV. And it does not work like that. That's not to sound discouraging. That's just to sound truthful and realistic and mm -hmm. how you have to look at things. And so sometimes you may have to move out to Saskatchewan to go on a little radio station or TV station and get your experience there before coming back to Toronto and working for a TSN or a sports net. And that's okay. That's really okay. But I think if you're not willing to take or accept any opportunities, because it's not the opportunity that's your dream job, you're going to be really disappointed and it's going to be difficult for you to get to the dream job that you want. I never thought that the opportunity that I have at Bar Down now was going to happen for me. I wanted to be on air too. I wanted to be on air and I get to do it. I, I've taken a path that no one thought would lead me to on air. Like I remember my parents asking me like, are you sure like this is, this is what you want to do in those first couple of years? And me being like, yeah, like I'm at TSN. I'm doing something at TSN. Like I can, I can just get an opportunity from being in this building. And um, now I'm on air. I do stuff for Sports Center. I do stuff um, for TSN YouTube. I like, I'm a well-known personality in, in, mm -hmm. in Canada as far as sports media goes. And I, I didn't do that by um, not accepting every small opportunity. I, I accepted everything that came my way and was just like, yeah, I will do it. I'll do it. I'll do it because um, you never know where an opportunity will lead you. And I think it's really important that whenever something does come up, you never belittle an opportunity. You always take advantage of it because you never know who's watching first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And you never know where an opportunity can lead. So, so that would be the best piece of advice I can give because I've lived it and I'm living proof of it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that advice. Uh, and going to our next segment now, uh, Bar Down, one of the reasons they're so famous is because uh, they are very famous for doing their quizzes on uh, YouTube. Um, and we decided that we would do a little uh, quiz of our own. And I'm going to be joined now by a good friend of the show, Ono Kane, who also hosts the um, Hockey Talk segment. So he should just be coming uh, into the room in one uh, minute. So yeah, super excited to have Owen on. And he's going to come in and explain um, what's going to happen. So, hey, Owen, how you doing? Good. How are you, Jack? I'm very good. So uh, do you want to go ahead and explain to the viewers uh, what this quiz is going to be like? Okay. So basically, it's going to be a five-question quiz. And um, I'm going to ask the question to Luca first. Uh, Jack's going to take his headset off when uh, Luca answers. So Jack doesn't uh, just give the same answer. And, uh, ride Luca all the way to the victory line and <laughs> and then um, uh, then when I ask Jack he'll put his headset back on and we'll go from there awesome sounds um, good to me and like my credibility is on the line right here I I, uh, I run this podcast and on this pedestal of like oh yeah I know a ton about hockey so this could either like <laughs> back that up or poke a lot of holes into that <laughs> Hey, not only your credibility is on the line, mine is too, okay? I, I like to pride myself as someone that is, uh, is decent at our bar down quizzes. I've, I've won a few times, but I got, I got a reputation to hold up as well. So Fair enough. it's going to be a tough one. Fair enough. <laughs> 
Well, Owen, you want to get in the first question, and I'll take my headphones off. Just give me a little wave once you're ready to get me back on. Okay. All right, awesome. Okay, so the first question is, what NHL team holds the record for most Hall of Famers? The record for most Hall of Famers. I am going to – I mean, there's a few different directions you can go with this one. You can either go with, like – I mean, it's an original 16, first of all. Second of all, it's like, it's Montreal, it's Toronto, or Detroit. I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadiens because I feel like everyone that ever played for the Montreal Canadiens is somehow in the Hall of Fame. So that is the answer I'm going with. Okay, so we're going to get Jack to answer, and then I'll tell you if you were right or wrong. I really hope I'm right. No one's giving me the wave back in, so I'm coming in. Okay. Well, I'm very nervous. Like, this is. <laughs> I am too. I, I feel confident about my answer, but like, <laughs> I, I might not be. Okay, Jack. Okay, let's hear it. What NHL team holds the record for most Hall of Famers? Okay, so first thoughts. And I'm going to get explanation time like it is on the videos. Oh, I did um, that too. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Give them good content here. Um, yeah, exactly. Immediate thought, Montreal. Of course, Montreal. But, now this is, I don't think it's Toronto, because they, Toronto, well, it could be Toronto. I feel like it's Montreal, just because, like, all their greats are, like, in the Hall of Fame, and they have, like, 50 retired numbers. I don't know how they feel the whole team without there being, them having to break that retired number rule, but... (laughs) Oh, uh, go a safe choice, Montreal. Okay, you were both wrong. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs. No way! You should have known that. I am a little disappointed in that. Hand in your fan card. (laughs) Well, at least getting this wrong at least proves that I am not a closet Leafs fan. So I'm happy I got this one wrong. There you go. All right. So, uh, good luck, Luca, for your second question. Thank you. I'll need it. Okay, this one is a, this one's a bit interesting. So, when Gordy Howe played for the Detroit Red Wings, he also practiced with another sports team. What team was it? Ooh, that's I don't I don't know. Can I do I have do I have like some time to? Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got some time to think about this one because yeah. this. I, I know the I know Gordy Howe, but this uh, this one is crazy. Other sports team? Are you implying that um, it is a team that is not a hockey team? Um. So I'll give you I'll give you this. It's not a hockey team. Okay. That like that's what I thought. That just the implication of of. Um, of your question um, made it sound like that. Let me see. I, I feel like he played baseball. I could be wrong. Um, but I'm trying to think of the team. I think, I know he played I've read his book. I have his book. I was able to meet him 
um, in Detroit before he passed away. I was, I was at a game and he was signing a book. And so I've read his book. I feel like it's the Saskatoon 55s. I know it's a baseball team in Saskatchewan. And I think it was in the 50s that he played with them. Um, that's the only other team I can really think of. So that'll be my answer. Okay. Here, let's get Jack back in. I'm sorry that took so long, but that I was really a long answer. I'm a little that. nervous for what's coming. It's, it's, it wasn't a long answer. It just took me a while to think about it because it's, it's a really tough question. Uh Oh, <laughs> okay. There you go ahead. When Gordy Howe played for the Detroit Red Wings, what other sports team did he practice with? Like, like hockey team or not hockey team. another sport. It's a different sport. Okay. Gordy Howe is like, Six, I'm not sure how tall he was. I don't think he was tall. Though, so I'm really no basketball. I'm really no basketball. I doubt he did. He play football. He might. Okay, so you said practice with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is my. I'm bring, taking you through my thinking process. I'm. I'm thinking about like Michael Jordan right now. He played for the Chicago White Sox organization. So I'm wondering if it was like a Detroit franchise. Like if it was like the Lions. Oh, it might have been the Lions, but okay. So, but did he play football? Like unless he was a quarterback, like he wasn't that big, and like I'm not sure how fast he was or if he can catch or anything. Like, oof. Um, I could see Cordy Howe playing baseball. I could see that just because I'm a big baseball guy, and I feel like Cordy Howe. That's not really a height restricted uh sport and like that's what michael jordan did so so like i'm either thinking it's need a team tigers or it's some team in timmins canada or some some small town team i'm gonna go with the detroit tigers that's my guess or tigers yeah i'll go with tigers jack yeah you were correct it was no words no way! Wow. It was a complete yes, complete yes. Thank Damn, you. the Detroit Tigers. No way. Yeah, he did the occasional batting practice with the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. Well, you are beating no me, Jack. No clue how I got that, but let's go. <laughs> you are beating me, pal. I I guess the Saskatchewan 55s. I'm pretty sure it was a baseball team he played with in Saskatchewan, but that was not hey, the right enough. answer. Hey, I I don't blame you for not getting that one. Tough one. <laughs> it was, it was between the one. Detroit Lions and the Detroit really Tigers. So if I got asked that, I don't think I would have guessed hey, that. So good, good job to me. Thank you, and good job with Great the question job. one. All right, uh, take the headphones off. Okay, this one's a bit easier. The oldest player to win the Stanley Cup in the NHL ever. Who was it? Oldest player to win the cup. Damn. It's another tough one. I mean, he said this was easier, but I don't know if it's easier. Um, I mean, it's like there's so many different options. There's so many different options that you could go with, which is which is crazy. Um um like 
<laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. I think, I think it's more like it's not like a Gordy Howe or someone like that or a Wayne Gretzky. Um, I think it is a Detroit player though, and I, from what I remember, it was, um, it was Chris Chelios of the Detroit Red Wings. Is that your final answer? Uh, that's my final answer. Okay, let's get Jack back in then. Again, in the long, long thinking time and response time, so I'm not excited. Okay, <laughs> let's hear it. Oldest player in NHL history to win the Stanley Cup. Who was it? What are these questions? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no soft, no softball. These are like no softball no. questions. <laughs> the hardest Not ones to come. Oh my god! Just, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give up. The Tigers. Don't get to worry. <laughs> well, at least this is a hockey question. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's true. Okay, so oldest player to play, player like Gordy Howe, and then next would be like. Chris Chelios, I think it was. Okay, so Gordy Howe, but I don't think he won the cup late in his later years because he played with Hartford. Yeah, and I don't think Hartford was very good. I don't think they've won a Stanley Cup. They played in a mall, Jack. That should that should <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly they played. Hey, in a it mall. must have been a pretty sweet mall, though. True, true <laughs> that, true that. I mean, the Leafs played in a mall for well, I guess it's now a mall now, but uh, <laughs> um. So not Gordy Howe. I don't think it's Gordy Howe. Chelios. Would Chelios have won? I guess they won in 2008, I think. Yeah, I think they won in 2008. So just a year yeah, after. You, you got some sweet memory, my friend. A year you, after you I was really born. So Goodness gracious. Chelios? This is Chelios. Probably not, but Chelios. You guys were both correct. It was Chris Chelios. No way. Let's go. go, (laughs) Okay. This one, this one is the hardest question. I don't expect you guys to get it. Oh, love that. Great. And it's harder than the Detroit Tigers one. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. Good luck, Luca. You too, buddy. Okay. The fastest uh, goal score to start an NHL game was 15 seconds in. But who scored the goal? Who scored the goal? Fastest goal to start an NHL game, not to start like, a period, correct? To start the game, like off the opening face-off. Yes, yes. Fastest. Wow. Could literally be anyone. Could literally be anyone. I feel like. If you get this, you, you you can tell Corwin that I say you're better than him. <laughs> this is this is really hard. Yeah, I mean, it's like there there are no names coming coming to my mind, um, and like, oh god. I, I honestly, I don't even, 
I don't even know if I have like a guess. Well, That's like, yeah, I like. God, this is like this is literally a quiz when like the final boss comes and this isn't this even is the final boss. I know, which is crazy. Um, like I, I scoured record books, so like. There are names that are coming to my mind that I'm just seeing and trying to concentrate on. I think there's a guy named like, oh, wow, who is it? I, like, I know I've seen his name before because like I've seen this record and I feel like I've written about it at some point. Um, I think he played for, I want to say he played for the Leafs. I don't know if that helps me out. Um, Someone by the name of Gus. I think it's Gus is his first name. I don't know his last name. I Gus Gus something. I like that's the best I can give you. Okay. Well, let's call in Jack and then we'll see if you got it right. Well, if you got the first name right. All right. I'll take the first name at this point. I, I honestly don't know who. Uh that was the longest one so far. So I'm not saying it was. This one's a tough one, man. Let's hear it. Uh oh. The fastest goal to start an NHL game. So, off the opening faceoff was 15 seconds into the game. Who scored the goal? What? <laughs> the fastest. So, okay, so, no, I heard the question. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to remember. I'm trying to think. I like I don't even have a name that comes to mind like at least with the oldest cup guy like or oldest cup I could be like Gordie Howe is the oldest player and like second was Chris Chelios I have nothing to go off of here <laughs> yep. like um I okay so this is the long shot this is a super long shot but I remember two years ago or something Toronto was playing Minnesota and like Marner scored like seven or scored really quickly off the draw and I'm not sure if it was because I know they said it was some type of record I'm not sure if it was a Leafs record or just an all-time record but so your final answer I haven't named a player yet oh wait yes I did Mitch Marner said Mitch Marner (laughs) that's my only guess so yeah let's go Mitch Marner okay Jack you were incorrect. Luca, it was Gus Bodenaire. So you got the first. Oh, name. goodness. I got the first name. I you knew got the first Gus name? Okay. We'll give you I'm, half. Full point. No, full <laughs> points to that guy. No, That's I'll take a half. I'll take a half. It wasn't it like I, I remember seeing his name in a, in a record book or Wikipedia page or something. I, I could not remember the last name for the life of me. Wow. But that's okay. That was a really tough question. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I'm heading out again. Good luck. Okay. Final, this, is, this is a final boss. Final, final boss. Final. Well, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't even know what to expect. Okay. On December 24th, 1972, that was the last time an NHL game was played on Christmas Eve. What two teams played that night? December 24th, 1972. Okay. Okay. A little, little Christmas hockey. Everyone loves some Christmas 
hockey. If only they'd worn that uh, Santa Claus jersey that CHL team wore. I remember CHL team. They had a Santa Claus jersey with a tie and everything. Well, that one, there was that, or like there was the Montreal Canadiens like candy cane jersey they wore for the Winter Classic that one year. Yeah. Carrie Price's Um, mask with the face on it. That's unsettling. Christmas Eve, 1972, was the last time. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm, one team is for sure the Toronto Maple Leafs because, like, why not? Um, 72 is still, like, kind of around the time of these, like, original six teams are being powerhouses. So I'm going to go Toronto, Chicago. Okay. Well, let's. Let's see if that was correct, because that's a pretty good guess. I like that. Give it to me. Okay. On December 24th, 1972, that was the last time two teams played on Christmas Eve. What two teams were they? Okay, we're talking expansion era. Um, so you said 1972 uh, Christmas game last time they played Christmas, Christmas Eve. That was the last time a game was played on Christmas Eve. Oof. Um, oh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Hmm. That changes everything. <laughs> um, wow, like, hey, DZ, you might have someone coming for you <laughs> with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> So expansion era. So you got to think the Leafs, like a Leafs team. Oh, God. Like, I have, again, I have nothing to go off of here. Wait, wait. Did you just say expansion era and then say Leafs? Well, yeah, but the Leafs were the, I don't know. I'm just pulling stuff out of my head. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know any at this point. Um. I guess I got to give an answer, don't I? Uh, the, the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs playing on Christmas Day in Madison's or Christmas Eve in Madison Square Garden. It was a great night. The Leafs beat <laughs> such a great night, and it was amazing. Everyone celebrated. It was great. We all we all remember it. So all remember the great day. Okay, yeah. so you guys, nineteen seventy two. Great day. You guys were both wrong. It was the Oakland Seals and the Los Angeles Kings. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, those are all the questions. So, so I think did did so. Did you guys tie or did Luca win with the Gus Bonaire question? No, nah, I'll give Jack the win. Well deserved, Jack. Thank you, Luca. I appreciate it. Wow. Anytime. Very Anytime. surprised. <laughs> Thank you those, are, those were some really really tough questions yeah like where did you get that from <laughs> yeah like i like we know hockey but like those are like not that hockey like one wasn't even better yeah. hockey. It was baseball <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it had Gordy howe in it so it, yeah i guess yeah all right no those are really good questions wow thanks go. everyone really appreciate it so uh to end the show off i was wondering if you guys want to talk a little hockey uh, like actual hockey, not 1972. What? <laughs> not baseball, but hockey. Not baseball. Let's do hockey. it. I would. I would love to. I love talking hockey. So, 
Uh, if you didn't know, Owen's an Oilers fan. I'm a Leafs fan. Yeah. Luca is a uh, diehard Colorado Avalanche fan. So two of our teams clinched the playoff. We're set. We're good. And one <laughs> of our teams, I'm not going to name names, Owen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, team is not making the playoffs, so I'll go to the uh, non-playoff team right now. Owen, how are you feeling about your Oilers, like on confidence level? Like what are your, what are your thoughts on their season so far? I'm, we're fine. It's going to be fine. We're going to. We're going to get into the playoffs. We're going to beat the Jets because Nikolai Ehlers is out. Don't have to worry about him anymore. So now we just have to try and get some pucks past Connor Hellebuck. And we should be task. good. We should be good. Easy task. Trying to get one past the uh, the goalie, the best goalie, arguably the best goalie in the league. Training does the champion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've, we're, we've been getting some good scoring from our, from our defense on Tyson Berry. We've been, we've got McDavid, Dreisaitl. Yeah. yeah um, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> good job. Yeah. We, I mean, I mean, I've been really impressed with the way um, uh, Yamamoto has been playing. I think he's been playing pretty good this year from what I've seen, from what I've seen, he's been playing pretty good. I, so, so I got to ask Luca now, are you as optimistically uh, naive as owner, uh, Owen is uh, with the Oilers against the Jets. I won't. I won't call it naive. I think. I think. Oh goodness, it's like it's really so tough because you have Connor McDavid, and it's just like he can take over any game, and you have a chance. In like um, one minute, he can get a hat trick, and it's game over. Yeah. Exactly, and I, I, I just I know the worry is between the pipes, and like I know Mike Smith is playing well right now been amazing um, this season he has been he really has turned back the clock a little bit but i just and think back to when and he's on and a he's two, what he's on a two-way deal too so we've got like it's even better for the salary cap yeah no it, it's true it, it's true i just think back to when he was the goaltender for the calgary flames a few years ago and the abs drew the flames in that first round when the flames finished first in their division i think and I, I told everybody, I was like, guys, like, I know the Flames are, are decent, but I don't trust Mike Smith. And not to say Mike Smith lost them that series because he played out of his mind a few games. But all that's to say, I think defensively the Oilers, um, yeah, they're getting some scoring from their, their D, but I don't think they're um, necessarily the best defensive team. And I want to see Mike Smith do it in the playoffs. I think they'll beat the Jets in round one. I think they will beat the Jets in round one. I don't think Winnipeg I, – I, I don't know what's wrong with them. It seems like they're just missing that offensive punch, which, like, ironically, Patrick Laine may have been able to provide. Um, but there's just something there. I don't know what, it, what – it's been, like, the last month. It just seems like they've really relied on, like, Ehlers – and Kyle Connor for a lot of their scoring, like when it comes to the, the goals department. And I just, I think their defense is a little leaky as well. So yeah, I think Edmonton's got that matchup in the bag if they do end up matching up with them. I think you should be confident, Owen. Yeah, I am confident about that. And Good. I'm also confident that the Leafs won't make it past the first round because they never do. And so we won't <laughs> them. Well, 
Uh, let's let's worry about your series first because you have to face a Vesna and a team with uh, killers like Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, Mark Shifley, Ehlers when he comes back, Connors. Like, I wouldn't overlook. I wouldn't lo- overlook Winnipeg until is you Dubois beat. Really, is Dubois really a killer though? I'd Dubois's say Dubois a killer. Toronto fans know from last year. Dubois a killer. So, I mean, when it comes to the Oilers, I, I think it's gonna be tough. I think they could do it. I could. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. But I, I wouldn't be a hundred percent. I'm not confident. I, if I had to put money down on it, I'd probably go Jets just because they're just such a deep team. That's the main lacking point of the Edmonton Oilers team in the sense of just they have no depth. It's Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and Kyle that's, that's Turris. Pretty, yeah. Okay. Okay. Kyle Turris. Uh, he's from Ottawa. Come on. Oh yeah, such a stacked team going up against a second line that would destroy your first line, uh, destroy your second line. Like they just have so much more depth. So we'll see how um, Winnipeg does. And as for calling out Toronto, so you don't think? Okay, so Luca, what, what do you think Toronto? Do you think Toronto will beat Montreal? Yeah, like. <laughs> They've gotten they've gotten unlucky to say the least in, in a few of their collapses. But I mean, as as much as like analytics play a factor in hockey, like I don't know, I don't know. It's it's so baffling that they haven't won a first round series. And and again, like I know analytics say they should um, have won that series last year, um, but they did, and it's just like. I wonder how much of it is is mental at this point. Of just like maybe they lose game one to Montreal. They don't score. They lose like three one. And how much of those memories of last year getting like robbed by Merzlikens and Corpusalo and just not being able to score on them? Like, do those memories come flooding back? Do do the the Boston memories come flooding back? Like, I know it's a lot more complicated than that and just chalking it up to oh like it's just going to be the same and like it's probably not going to but we saw last year I mean like the the Canadians they shocked the Penguins I mean I yeah I don't know how much stock you put into a weird year of like the season pauses and then Montreal's a 12 seed like they're not even supposed to be there and then they're somehow there and they beat Pittsburgh in a best of five like it's and, and the Leafs lost in the best of five, too. So it's, it's so weird. But, like, I don't know. I wouldn't put it if, – if you're going to talk about a team that has good underlying numbers, like the Montreal Canyons are, are a really good team still. I know the results haven't always been there this season. But, I mean, you get Carey Price healthy. I don't know what the health of Brendan Gallagher is right now. But that situation's obviously um, big if you want to believe in the Montreal Canadiens. Cole Caulfield playing, hey, like, he could provide some offense. Tyler Tafoli's been really good this year, and like their their top six defensemen are are really good. So it's pretty hey. much based on the performance of Carey Price now. But like I would say so too. I would and, well, and them scoring as well because it seems like in their matchups against the Leafs this year they just can't score, and I think it's I think it's just a problem they've had all year. Whether it's and like. It, maybe that's just a problem with a team like Montreal that's just like, well, we don't have a superstar. We don't have an Austin Matthews. We have Tyler Toffoli, who, yeah, he's, he's scored over 20 goals, but, like, 
they don't have a guy that can take over the game. That that Austin Matthews, that Nathan McKinnon, that Connor McDavid, that Leon Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Braden Point. Like they're just a solid team. And in the playoffs, that might be good enough. Like that that totally could be good enough. But this Leafs team is top to bottom. They're they're so so good. Other than goaltending, that's the biggest question for Toronto. Yeah, I'm interested. I could sink them. Yeah, it could. It, it definitely could. And I, I mean, I think Freddie's playing, but we'll see. who knows? Like, you'd like to think Freddie's playing. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what the Leafs do in these next uh, coming games. It'll be very interesting because I know uh, Freddie takes up a lot of uh, LTIR space in the sense yeah. of they're very close to the cap, like all the contending teams, Colorado, Edmonton, all these contending teams, they're all very close to the cap, but he's been the mm-hmm. reason that we could get a guy like uh, Nick Foligno. Yep. So it should be interesting to see how Toronto moves it around. And I'm not worried that they won't. They Their assistant GM literally made the salary cap, so I'm not worried about like them, how they'll do it. I'm just, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, sorry, I'm not worried if they'll do it. I'm wondering how they'll do it you know so it should be interesting yeah the how the how is super interesting especially when you talk about like their bottom six forwards because yes when they're healthy like who sits i don't know i it's 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 a good problem to have and also like do you play nick robertson i don't know i i don't see the value maybe in playing him like third or fourth line minutes what's the point does Um, riley nash come back too like he's coming back from injury does he play yep that's another one and like how much value do you put in joe thornton like i know he's he's kind of produced the past few games and like that's cool but how much value do you put in him because he's been he's definitely been struggling like he doesn't really provide a lot offensively but his leadership um is is unmatched and so i know that's someone that players absolutely want to rally around and and win a Stanley Cup for, but with him being out of the lineup, like that, that might be an interesting scenario if you really just want to play your best players. He might not be one of them at this stage in his career. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what the Leafs do, obviously. Um, I'm not really keen on Robertson playing just because if you keep him out of the lineup, you could you still have two years left on his contract, where if you play in the playoffs, you shave one of those years, and what's the point? You know, like, I agree. just keep him off and them to continue playing the Marlies and then end the season, get a good full summer off season because you know when with Toronto going to the Cup Finals, it's going to be a lot. Hard. <laughs> you know, you won't have the full season. Uh, you won't have the full summer. So really, just give him the full summer. I think keep that extra con- year on his uh, contract because I think he could be a, a good chunk of money on the salary cap once he becomes a. I I've got a question for you, Jack. Yeah, go ahead. So the expansion draft coming up. So you've got Zach Hyman, who's an unrestricted free agent this year. Yeah. I know Toronto, they love Zach Hyman. I'm not a Leafs fan and I love Zach Hyman. That's like, that's how much he's like, he's growing on everyone, but do you let him go in order to protect a Justin Hall or a um, Jake Muzzin? Just like if you can't resign him or well, Okay, so the so the expansion draft happens at the end of the season at the awards or however they're doing it, but they all it always happens before the draft and before uh, free agency. So 
Toronto's going to protect eight players. They're going to protect to protect Hall. I think they're going to protect Matthews, Tavares, Marner. Sorry, I have my notes. That's why I'm looking over here. Uh, yeah, so Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Kerfoot, Mikheyev. No, sorry. Matthews, Do they Marner. Matthews, Do they really? Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Muzzin, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Justin Hall, and then you protect Campbell, and you go from there. Uh, Hyman's going to be left open because no team is going to, like, there's no reason in protecting a UFA because if they get signed, if they get picked up by the Seattle Kraken, then they still have to sign him, and he could just go right back to Toronto because he is hitting the free agency market. So I think they go with they're very one of the very few teams that do the eight and one, but I think, you know, if they pick up Kerfoot, they pick up Kerfoot, and you have Robertson, Brooks, etc coming into lineup next year yeah that's that's reasonable yeah should be interested to see what the Leafs do and it should also be interesting to see what the Avalanche do what do you think the Avalanche are going to do when it comes towards um Kraken time I've I've been reading up on on their options and um what their options look like I think unfortunately I mean they're they're in a really interesting spot because it's they have Gabriel Landeskog who is unrestricted at the end of the year so I think the option is not protecting him and like in obviously in the um, scenario that you know he's going to like you have a deal in place to sign him once free agency opens um, but you don't protect him so Seattle doesn't take him and or you yeah like that's that's one last player um i mean uh it's so tough like i think grubauer is another ufa so like what do you do there i think ultimately they probably end up losing a guy like tyson jost which um i'm kind of upset about because he's been he's been so so good this year in his third line role and like um with the injuries they've had recently and um the covid kind of protocols they've been going through he's played a lot more minutes he's been a lot more responsible and um i've just really liked how he's kind of just tailored his game to what they're they're asking of him and like yeah this is a guy that was like a top 15 pick and obviously you'd like to see him score more but he's still so so young and like a really good penalty killer really good in his own end of the ice and he just seems to have found a really good role on their third line that just hems opponents in their own end, like with Valerie Nachushkin and Jonas Donskoy. Um, so I think they, they ultimately probably end up losing a guy like that. It may end up losing a guy like Donskoy. Maybe they don't want to keep Burakovsky at the price he's at because of the flat cap and because of the fact that they have Landeskog and McCarr and Grubauer to pay. So, mm-hmm. hey, maybe, like, you give up a guy like Barakovsky and at over $4 million for his cap hit, like, you stomach it because you have a guy like Alex Newhook that could be coming up sometime soon. He's playing really well in the AHL with the Colorado Eagles right now. Um, like, they signed him to his, his ECL. So, he, uh, yeah, like, he's, he's waiting in the wings open up another top six spot for him because I don't think you want to bring him up unless you have a top six spot for him. So 
Yeah, they, they have options. I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of what they do with those options. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what interesting to see what every NHL does and what uh, uh, Jason Bottrell and the Seattle Kraken do. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Jeff, uh, Luca. I really appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, if, if you'll have me back at any point, I'd love to come on and talk some hockey, maybe in the playoffs when, when all our teams are hopefully past the first round and we can look forward to a Leafs-Oilers matchup and then potentially a Leafs-Avalanche matchup after that or 100%. Oilers-Avalanche matchup after that. That'd be fun to talk about. Let's be realistic. Leafs-Avalanche Oilers. Uh, uh, Leafs <laughs> Be realistic here. Well, thank you so much. And before we let you go, um, do you want to plug the social medias? Uh, yeah. I, at Bar Down um, on all social medias, at TSN on YouTube, um, TSN underscore official on Instagram. If, if I'm botching these socials, then I'm horribly wrong. And you can follow me as well. Um, I, I probably should have started with myself, but at Luca Celebrate 21 on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And uh, best of luck to you guys in the future. I hope uh, one day down the line, whenever that is, uh, we're, we're able to work together in this industry in some capacity because uh, that'd, be, that'd be super cool for that to come full circle. Yeah. I, well, I look forward to that happening. <laughs> me too. Awesome. And uh, thank you to you, the listener, for uh, taking the time out of your day to come on and listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Go follow us on all the socials on uh, Instagram at blue underscore line underscore report and on our Twitter at blue line with JB. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.